This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday, the 8th of December. Justin, the Tesla Model Y electric car mm-hmm. was the 10th biggest selling car of any car in Australia for November. And Jazzy Boy, electric vehicles, get this, represented nearly 5% of all sales. We're getting there very slowly. Wow. B-Man, warm up your voice because Apple has just announced a new feature called Apple Music Sing. Wow. Essentially, it's a karaoke experience that will be built right into the Apple Apple Music app. Nice. I do imagine it'll get most of its usage between the hours of 12am and 2am. And I just ended my subscription. Wow. (laughs) Three musical stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first. Uber Australia will pay a $21 million fine after it admitted its estimated fares were incorrect and that it misled its customers with possible cancellation. Yikes indeed. There is nothing worse than the feeling of a cancellation fee when your Uber just never arrives, Brett. Uh So what is the story? So we all know Uber as the ride-sharing platform started in 2008 and launched in Australia in 2012. Since then, Aussies have taken more than 700 million mm. Uber rides. But Jazzy Boy, Uber has always been known to skirt around rules and regulation of countries. And now, Brett, Uber has been slapped with a $21 million fine by the federal court for misleading millions of Australians. Okay, so in the case brought by the ACCC, mm-hmm. Uber has admitted to misrepresenting its cancellation fees. And Brett, its estimated fares for its Uber taxi service were wrong 89% oh. of the time. Wow. And although it's a pretty chunky fine, these reprimands have become second nature for Uber. Yep. So what is the key learning here? As tech companies seek to disrupt traditional markets, Mm -hmm. they often face challenges and obstacles that can lead to regulatory trouble. Or financial trouble. Justin, Uber is no different. Mm -hmm. It has been threatened with bans and with fines and near extinction at multiple turns in its evolution. For example, I take you to 2017 when it was hit with a 9.7 million US dollar fine in the Netherlands for operating without a license. In 2018, it faced a $148 million fine in the US for failing to disclose a data breach. And that one just happened to affect 57 million customers and drivers. (laughs) But despite facing significant penalties, Uber has continued to operate and expanded into more countries. So for Uber, these fines have become a cost of doing business rather than a deterrent to future violations. For our second story, NAB has seen demand skyrocket for electric vehicle loans and solar panel loans as energy costs start to really hurt. One more price increase, Justin, and I am done. I'm walking out of here. So what is happening? Okay, so NAB is one of the big four banks in Australia, but it really takes the cake with its business bank, which is Numero Uno. And that means NAB has a whole lot of data around business lending. In fact, Brett, they've revealed that loans to finance electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles have jumped by 900% since 2020. And loans for solar panels and batteries have jumped 600% since 2020. Those are very, very large numbers, Brett. No doubt off a very low base. Mm. But I guess it shows the desire for businesses to go a bit more green. And potentially save some costs doing so. So what is the key learning here? While most consumers and businesses have positive attitudes towards eco-friendly products, Mm -hmm. they're often unwilling to actually pay for them. And this is an interesting paradox that sits at the heart of green-friendly products. In fact, a recent survey by the Harvard Business Review Mm -hmm. shows that 65% of people said they want to buy purpose-driven green brands, Mm -hmm. yet only about 26% actually do. For many people, it's because these green or sustainable products tend to be more expensive. But Jazzy Boy, the financial dynamics of this green versus non-green proposition are really shifting. Yep, we could be hitting the tipping point where the transition to electric vehicles or solar panels is actually a better payoff for businesses. That's because the cost of energy has risen significantly this year and is expected to jump even more next year. For our third and final story, The 
US and New Zealand are the latest countries to consider introducing a law that will require big tech companies to pay media companies for their content. Was Australia the pioneer in this so, space? Yeah. I think so. Tell me more. Okay, so you may remember in February last year when almost all Facebook pages for news sites in Australia were wiped off the face of the earth because Facebook and the Australian government were negotiating a big deal. That deal was all about a new bargaining code that would force Google and Facebook to pay news publishers for their content. Or face hefty, hefty fines. Now, Brett, in the end, we know that the deals were struck and they have injected over $200 million into the Australian media industry per year. And now other countries have realised and they want their media industries to get a slice of the action as well. Yeah. New Zealand's proposing new legislation that will be similar to Australia and the big fish, the US of A, is considering some too. And this is exactly why big tech companies fought so hard here in Australia to avoid setting this precedent. So what is the key learning here? One landmark deal can create a precedent for many new landmark deals. The main concern for big tech companies was that the deal in Australia would then force them to negotiate with other countries. And of course, Jazzy Boy, negotiating with other countries and thousands of publishers could cost hundreds of millions of dollars for these companies. And this is exactly what is happening. So after the deal landed here in Australia, Mm -hmm. it sent a really powerful message to other governments saying you can negotiate (laughs) with big tech. So it makes sense why countries like the US, New Zealand and others are shaking their tin cans and hoping big tech will tip in. Fluxam, yesterday in the pod, we spoke about a financial literacy test that measures your financial literacy. The average score was around 3.9 out of 5. So if you want to test yourself against the rest of Australia, the link to the test will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.